What's up, Braves Nation? This is the Ethos Sports Braves Podcast. I am your redheaded, crazy host, John McKay. And I have on the other side, the wise, Jeremy Bell. Jeremy, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. It's going good. Get to talk about some wins. Uh, that's always a good thing. Only one loss. You can live with that. But uh, get to talk about some wins. Speaking of losses to the Cardinals, did you see Neil Bradley? Was down, Neil Bradley was down in Atlanta, and he didn't tell me. He was. Yeah, he was. I saw that. Uh, they were at the, um, I guess, the rain-delayed game. I think mm-hmm. that's what that one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, uh, they they were there and um, had a good time. I think first time visiting uh, Truist Park. And uh, if you uh, have a chance to go to Truist Park, it's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, the battery, uh, uh, it's just a, a, a good atmosphere for a game. And I know Neil has has uh, been to a few uh, stadiums himself, so uh, hopefully he enjoyed himself, and I know Braves fans enjoyed themselves. Uh, he did probably not enjoy himself because he's a Cardinal fan. Uh, so, But uh, on a baseball note, uh, I'm sure he uh, had himself a good time with I bet. with uh, going to Truist Park. <laughs> so I figured we'd start off the show with a little bad note and then end on a good note. Um, okay. Mac, or, uh, I saw an update from Mike Soroka. He is at a setback but it's not dealing with the Achilles. He was hit by a pitch on the knee – or hit by a line drive on the knee, so he's got a knee. Oh, so he's, ouch. Yeah. So – Well, but, at least, uh, I, you know, I guess, um, you know, at least it's not the Achilles because you, you worry about, you know, uh, the first time tearing it, you worry how it's going to be, and then the second time tearing it, that you know, that's not good. So, um, you know, again, if Mike Soroka can help us out this year – Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Uh, but if not, uh, then have him for next year. Uh, you know, your, your hope is that you can get a trial run going this year. So that way he will be able to get back in there for next year and be going strong. But, uh, I gather there may be some limitations of some sort next year, uh, especially if he doesn't get in there this year. So, uh, but your hope is that he can at least come through and, and go through some trial run, maybe to be available in, in September, uh, uh, maybe for the playoff run, something like that, so that we can uh, test that Achilles out. Correct, correct. Um, but people who have returned from the I, uh, the is it the IL, the D? What is it now? Yeah, see, I always like the DL, but I guess they it's the I, it's the IL, the okay. injured list. I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Eddie Rosario and Tyler Matzik have returned. Eddie has been hot since he got back. Yeah, you know, even Friday night's game, uh, he didn't join the hit parade. He should have joined the hit parade. Uh, if and again, no, no offense to Ozuna, but uh, with Ozuna running and and um, uh, shortstop made a great play, but if there hadn't been anybody running to second base, he would have never had a shot at Eddie Rosario. He would have got a hit. It was just a hard hit ball. It kind of rolled away. No, you know, shortstop. You know, it, it was hard hit. It rolled away from his glove a little bit, and uh, Ozuna just didn't get down there fast enough. Obviously, with it being a hard-hit ball, it didn't give him much of a chance, but he would never have gotten Rosario out at first. But he looks like he's a much he, – he just looks different at the plate, especially when he's hitting it. The ball's coming off his bat, uh, you know, a whole lot better. So I think we're starting to see the same Eddie Rosario that we saw uh, last year when we uh, picked him up in the trade, and then uh, he, he was injured and then came back and, of course, made that fantastic playoff run. But – I think that's the same guy we're seeing. And, of course, when you have eye issues and you're trying to see this little thing coming at you to hit it, mm-hmm. uh, if you have any issues whatsoever, you're not 
going to be able to hit the ball. So right. uh, he looks a, he looks a whole lot better. And of course, we get a good defender out in the outfield too. That helps. Right. Um, I was impressed with uh, he got to second on the stolen base and then or, or on the wild pitch last night, and then right after uh, yeah. stole third base, like the next yes. pitch. Yeah, the next yeah, absolutely. Uh, which was uh, you know again, um, we've been fortunate over the years uh, to have a very small amount of speed that steals bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this team, you know, Acuna is going to steal bases. Harris is going to steal bases. You know, Ozzy's going to steal bases. Now Eddie's going to steal bases. And who knows, maybe even William Contreras gets him a base steal or so. Uh, so He did? Did he? Uh, I he, thought he, he did he last night? He did. He uh, Well, he almost got one last night. He was running on three. You know, they, they joked and they said, well, we don't know if Contreras is going to run or not. But on three, two, he ran. And, and it and it was fouled off or something. I, I think okay, it was ended up hit or something. He he got moved around some way or another. He didn't get a stolen base, but he does have a stolen base or two. I, I think I remember that. Um, yes. You just mentioned Michael Harris, another bomb. Wow. I mean, you know, he he had. You know, we talked about it earlier in the week how he has kind of gone through that, that little doldrum, that little struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, what they would call if he, if he had started the year off in in uh, the big leagues, they would have called this the dog days of summer, his little uh, lull because he had probably played more games than he's probably ever used to, especially, you know, all these games in a row he's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I can live with that 290-300 average and the, the, the defense he plays in center field. It was very evident in Friday night's game. Uh, and his defense and how he was chasing down balls. Uh, but that four for four game uh, gets him a home run. I mean, the chop house was busy Friday night, and he hit one up there. You know, that's his second homer this week of 400-plus, 430-plus, I believe. Wow. I mean, he he just took a bomb. And, and I just was saying, you know, where do you pitch Michael Harris? Mm-hmm. You know, if you pitch him, this is this is what every kid should be watching. Uh, because if you pitch him outside, he's going to hit it uh, to the other side. If you pitch him inside, he's going to pull it just like you should. That's a major league hitter right there. And and um, I, I just had sat down. My, my wife was taking a little cat nap, and so I just I just said, "Boy, I said you pitch him inside, and he's going to take it, take it, uh, take it out." And he turned on it and just took it to the chop house, and and it wow, I mean. Just a, a fantastic night for him uh, after, you know, going through a little bit of a struggle. But but still, uh, you know, they were even talking about it on TV about, you know, Spencer Strider, who we're going to talk about in a minute as well, with a fantastic game, even though he didn't get the, the win. But um, what rookie of the year candidates we have, yeah. we got two of them. Exactly. Uh, I mean, can you believe that? We got two candidates. One, you know, didn't start the year off. Uh, starting pitching wise, but uh, was out of the bullpen already strong, and then the other one didn't start the year off in Atlanta. And what a storm that he has made uh, coming coming through major league pitching, which everybody wondered, you know, was he going to struggle or not in the major leagues? And uh, it seems to me like uh, he has fared very well. And they even said Friday night that you know Michael Harris is not going to be your typical nine hitter for the rest of his career. Well, and that's true, but for this year, at least keep him there because he is definitely comfortable in that spot. 
and he's not being asked to do anything uh, extraordinary uh, because we've got other guys on this team. So I think that's making him comfortable. But, man, uh, he is uh, fantastic. And you know what? He had a – and that's the other thing I didn't mention on Friday night either is he had a good spring training, okay? Mm-hmm. He could have made the club out of spring training, to be quite honest with you, because we, you and I were both talking about it and saying how – how how well he was doing in spring training so he could have made the club out of out of spring training but they wanted to get him more at bats because they didn't think they would be able to get him at bats um in uh in the majors and right uh you know lo and behold uh what a what a we just i mean he has has uh hit the major leagues by storm and and uh quite honestly <laughs> if it wasn't for uh not saying bigger names but uh, obviously, with the All-Star game out in Los Angeles, you're going to get those guys uh, being up there vote-wise. But, but wow, I mean, he's a guy that could most certainly uh, be the starting center fielder, although that other guy that's playing right field is the starting center fielder, I believe, for the oh, uh, National okay. League. Yeah, so uh, I think Acuna is going to be in center. And um, so, anyway, but, but you know, two Rookie of the Year candidates, and, um, I mean, just – fantastic from what we've seen out of those two guys so far what about uh did you see the catch he made last night in center field yes climbing the wall yes yeah yeah he you know what he does um you know let's face it ronald uh has been slowed and is going to be slowed i think i i i don't want ronald putting a whole lot of pressure on that knee Mm -hmm. um he keeps fouling it off his foot so many times that uh, i wouldn't be surprised if these uh, next two games on Saturday and Sunday that he's not out just because he hit his foot last night and it wasn't the fact that he hit it where the guard was he hit it where the guard wasn't mm. uh, so uh, that that hurts uh, and he didn't go back in uh, Friday night after he did that in the eighth inning after the rain delay that they had he didn't go back in to right field it was Heredia that went there so wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get a couple of days off which I'm fine with but you can see Harris able to track down balls that Acuna would usually get to, mm-hmm. but Harris is getting to him. And I know he called him off Friday night on, on that one catch that I believe you're talking about. He called Acuna off and he already knew what he was doing. He just pointed to Acuna and held his hand up and said, you know, I got it. And then just um, backtracked. And he was in left center, by the way, when he ran and caught the ball because he was playing the shift a little bit shading to towards left center. Mm-hmm. And, and he just, and he made it look more routine than anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's the way he does. He makes things look routine. The, the plays that he, that he doesn't get to, they must be physically impossible not to get to. <laughs> uh, because he makes – I mean, again, he makes things look so easy. And that's what you want out of your center fielder, you know, the command. And, two, for him to be able to call Ronald off, being a rookie, you know, Ronald's been there. Uh, he's more like a veteran now. Uh, and being able to to command that uh, is pretty good too as well, and uh, that's that's what I like to see because you want your center fielder. That guy's got to be control of the outfield, right? Uh, if if the center fielder wants the ball, then let the center fielder have it. Uh, so, uh, and and you see that out of Michael Harris, and he is just able to to run and and run with great speed. And you know he had a little blue single on Friday night, part of his four for four. And I already knew when he hit it, uh, you know, he hit it just right in the right spot. 
when he hit it, I knew there was no way they're going to throw him out. No, no way. And then no. he broke his helmet, broke his helmet on one play. Cause you know, like Ozzy, when he's running, Ozzy usually loses his helmet. Well, so does Harris. And they need a, I think my wife said need a chin strap on it or something. Uh, so he broke his helmet, had to get a new helmet. Uh, <laughs> and, and um, anyway, it's just funny. But again, uh, you know, he's turning into a, a player, fantastic player, even to the point where now you've got other major league teams possibly looking at that and going, do we really need to send this guy down? Maybe we just need to get him more at bats. Maybe we need to get our, our rookies more at bats up here and give them a chance uh, instead of, you know, getting them seasoned down in the minor leagues. I I mean, it worked with Harris. It, it has so far. Well, you look at some of the other Braves that it's worked for, um, even, uh, you know, going back to Jeff Francoeur, who, who probably didn't have as great a season after that, uh, but what a great rookie year he had coming up. Um, Hayward, you know, Hayward, yeah, there's a, there's, you know, there's plenty of other guys that you can look at. Um, and again, it's all in the scouting department. It's these guys, you know, aren't, aren't just out there hanging out there where nobody's looking at them. I right. mean, there's, there's, they've been discovered by these scouts. I mean, they know, uh, you know, what kind of skills they have. So, um, you know, I, I think we found our center fielder for a long time. We've got our right fielder for a long time. Uh, you know, we got another kid down in the minors who, who's, uh, you know, should have been there probably quicker than Harris was, but he's had his fair share of injuries and stuff. But he's a guy that could make the ball club next year out of the, out of, uh, you know, the, uh, spring training. So, uh, the future's, yeah, future's very bright in the outfield for the Braves. And again, when you go with Drew Waters, that's a guy, if you bring him up, uh, who I hope we do in September to give him some at-bats in the majors, if you bring that guy up, you're not asking him to do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Much like we weren't asking Harris to do a whole lot. That's why he was batting ninth. Um, he, you know, we had all these guys that were able to hit. And, you know, Harris comes up in the midst of that 14-game winning streak that we're on and keeps and, and keeps the line moving and helps us win. So, we're not going to ask Waters to come up and do a lot either because we've already got guys in position that can win games. We just need him to come up and play defense and, and be able to hit in spots. Right, right. So let's transition into this week's breakdown. Um, Tuesday night, the Braves won 7-1 over the Cardinals. Um, Ian Anderson, I feel like he pitched really well. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, it's funny because um, – the guy that is supposed to be like the strikeout pitcher, I take Spencer Strider out of that, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guy coming up that's supposed to be got a great fastball, you know, all that stuff was Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not even the strikeout leader on the team. We got four guys. Um, the other four guys in the rotation uh, have, you know, already 100 strikeouts, over 100 strikeouts on the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and, and the way Spencer Strider's going, um, you know, he's, he might have 400 by the season's over because, uh, you know, he's striking out guys in a short, short little run. But, uh, you know, he may be uh, on an innings uh, count here coming up soon. But I did think Ian Anderson pitched a whole lot better. And, and, and to be honest with you, with the Cardinals, the game that they probably could look at that they potentially could win – was this one with Ian Anderson because Anderson had struggled so much lately. But you look, he you know, five innings, eight hits, only gave up one earned run, 
only one walk, which was good. They gave him some runs to work with, and he struck out three guys. And then the bullpen came in and finished it off with Tyler Matzik coming in and, and uh, pitching in that game as well. So, uh, again, you know, they, they, gave him room, they gave him runs to work with very early, and he took advantage of it and, and um, you know, didn't get himself in any tight spots. And if he did, he was able to navigate out of it. But scoring five runs in the first inning certainly does help even though he allowed – meaning Ian allowed one run in that first inning. Um, so, the Braves end up winning 7-1. Um, who was your standout – who was your uh, player of the game for this game? Well, uh, Austin Riley had three hits, and um, he was good. Three RBIs in the game. Matt Olson, uh, another good game as well. But uh, I, I, I would go – with Austin Riley, if you don't look at the pitching for Ian Anderson, I would think you'd have to go with Austin Riley. Three for four, another great game. Uh, defense was there. You know, everybody got in the hit parade except Adam Duvall. And, uh, you know, Adam may have had his mind on other things. I believe he and his wife just had a new baby. I they think. did. So uh, so he may have had his mind on other things. But even though he didn't even get in at bat, I think came in late in the game uh, as a defensive. So everybody got the hit parade going, which was good. Uh, but uh, Austin Riley, another great game. Congratulations, Adam Duvall, by the way. Congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I meant to mention that earlier. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so Austin Riley was a player game for this game. Um, yes, sir. Moving on to Wednesday night, Max Fried is on the mound, and he ends up winning the game. Uh, the Braves end up winning 3-1, to one, or 3 nothing. sorry. Uh, yeah. Max picks up his ninth win of the season. Yeah, typical Max Freed game. They don't give him any runs until the fifth, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he just goes out and pitches in uh, six innings, five hits. Uh, you know, he walked one, he struck out four. So, uh, you know, just your typical Max game where he just goes out and does his job. And, uh, again, as I talked about, the Cardinals wanted a win. Uh, you know, it would have been maybe that Ian Anderson game, but – um, you know, they didn't get it. Well, they knew Max Freed. It was going to be a tough game with Max Freed, and, mm. and he pitched another fantastic game as well. So, uh, again, you know, they gave him runs. They gave him two in the fifth and gave him uh, one in the sixth, and he didn't come back out and pitch the seventh. It didn't matter. He got those two runs. And anytime you give Max a run, he's going to take it. And, and, and as I've said before, he's going to take it and make it feel like it, it's uh, 25 runs he's got on the board. So he, he just he just is able to maneuver in and out of circumstances without any problems, uh, without you know you know being getting rattled out on the mound. Yeah. Uh, he 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 just looks the same. Um, and it looked like uh, on Friday night Charlie Morton who pitched a fantastic game. We'll talk about it in a minute. It looked like at one point right towards the end of the time that he was out there, right around the time he had thrown about a hundred pitches, um, there was an instance where a ball was a. a, a pitch that he thrown was called a ball and it looked like it should have been a strike mm. and he was a little frustrated and you could tell he was frustrated and then he kind of held his hand out he's like okay it's okay and then he went in and finished the game uh you know so i think with a strikeout so um you know that's not max max is not going to do that max is just going to be the same pretty much all the way if, if you even see max getting frustrated or something it's it's just one little wink or twinkle or whatever it's not really much uh so it's kind of funny but he you know nine wins um moving closer to that 10 win mark and and our um our buddy Kyle Wright's gonna have a chance 
to pick up number 10 on Saturday. So he should have picked it up earlier in the week. But uh, anyway, it didn't happen. But uh, he's got a chance to pick himself up 10 wins. And uh, that's pretty good, this rotation. Uh, and I think even when we talk about Charlie Morton, it's, it's, he's getting warmed up and he's warming up really fast now. And, uh, you know, again, I think pitching is going to what prevails uh, in the playoffs and uh, what four guys you have, five, if you look at it, going out there to be able to pitch in the playoffs. Um, who, uh, who would you say your stand-up player of the game was for this 3 nothing? Well, I tell you, anytime Max Freed's on the mound and pitches the way he does, I go with him. Uh, just, uh, you know, who would have thought a few years ago um, when Mike Soroka was having that great year, Max Freed was the second guy. Who would have thought that um, that guy turned out to be the number one guy? We've talked about that before because he just didn't look like a major league pitcher. Uh, you know, he doesn't look like it anyway. He looks to be about 12. But um, <laughs> anyway, he, he turned out, you know, the next couple of years after Soroka was injured and, and he's the number one guy. And, um, I mean, he's, He's number one in, in my book as far as major league pitching goes. And um, I personally, who's going to be the all-star starting pitcher, uh, you know, with Snitker out there, you could go with Max Freed. I mean, for that matter, Kyle Wright's going for win number 10. You could go with him. But mm-hmm. but Max Freed, just, you know, fantastic outing. Definitely, definitely. Um, moving on to Thursday, man, this – this game kind of broke my heart because Strider pitched amazing. <laughs> yeah, he incredible. Did. Yes, yeah. Um, I was um, I was at a wedding and and uh, so I wasn't able to keep up with it very much. And so uh, we were um, out kind of in the northern part of uh, Callaway County, and and uh, so it wasn't very good signal inside of where I, it was an inside wedding because it's been absolutely blistering hot uh, here this past week and you know i think we've had four days four straight days of a hundred uh Ooh. so uh with the heat index uh making it around 110 so uh it was hot and good thing the wedding was inside but it was cold on the inside too but there was no uh signal inside so i didn't know what was going on and then when i came out uh i finally started getting stuff and a friend of mine who lives in texas texted me and said what is up with Strider? And so I was thinking, oh, no, what did he do? Because, you know, Strider does have that every once in a while, those hiccups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't happen much. Um, you know, he still may go out and give you four or five innings, but uh, you just never know. And and so <laughs> after I got that from him, before I texted him back, I got a, a thing from Bleacher Report that said Strider struck out nine in the first three innings. And I said, yep. nine in the first three innings. I'm like, wow. I said, uh, you know, and 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 so I texted back with him and and uh, said he was pretty good and he was he struck out eleven uh, which you know another another good game but um, you know you're gonna hate it he's gonna probably be somewhat reserved over the next little bit because of the number of innings that he has mm-hmm. has pitched he's not used to that but um, you know I mean it seems like you can throw him out there for any situation and. I guess if we have to move him back to the bullpen, you know, what a guy you got coming out of the bullpen yeah. <laughs> to pitch you one or two innings who can throw it a hundred something miles an hour and, uh, you know, and then come with that slider and uh, that the strider slider, but, but 12, 
12 strikeouts. And, and again, nobody able to throw the knockout punch. I think that was one thing that I heard. Uh, you know, it, it ended up being a 3-2 game, and we went to that extra inning thing again. Um, so, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of hoping. And, and I think both teams had their opportunities. I think mm-hmm. uh, both teams left runners on base and left plenty of them. But also, there was a lot of strikeouts in the game. So, uh, just couldn't take advantage. And you know what? I'll take three out of four from the Cardinals every single year, every single day, uh, just because that's not one of my favorite teams. That's because everybody around here does. And everybody around here talking, well, we can't win one from the Braves. And the Cardinals are in the midst of a little bit of a slump of their own. Mm -hmm. uh, And the Brewers happen to be playing well. So uh, a lot of Cardinal fans right now feeling a little bit of the heat uh, and not able to to play well. And and they're, you know, Cardinal fans around here are just like me. You know, my expectations are always very high. Right. uh, I I don't blame them for that, but uh, able to – take three out of four I'll, I'll take it every day and even this game we should have had it to be honest with you but uh and that would have been even better sweeping them but three out of four but what you hated though was the fact you know the the, the Mets won so that pushed it back to three and a half games and they probably shouldn't have won either um and uh and then uh we pick up an, another game because of the loss the Mets had on Friday night which is good puts it at about two and a half that's what I would like to see two and a half, one and a half going into next week because, John, next week the Mets come to town Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the last championship ring giveaway on Monday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is going to be huge, and it's setting up <clears throat> with uh, a, a good pitching matchup uh, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We're going to throw everybody in the kitchen sink at them with, with Freed, I believe, is on Monday. Strider's going to go on Tuesday, and Charlie Morton's going to go on Wednesday. So that's a, a pretty good formidable lineup that you're going to throw at them coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Awesome. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible here and go with Strider as the player of the game. Okay. Well, yeah, you yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you can look up at some of the hitting uh, hitting, but it really wasn't a great hitting night. Uh, but Spencer Strider with two walks, he struck out twelve. You know, he struck out nine guys in the first three innings and oh by the way that's three an inning okay in case you mm-hmm. uh I'm, I'm not very good at math but <laughs> you know to strike out 12 uh you know he could have probably had more you know that's those are the kind of games where you know that's that's how you get records broken uh mm-hmm. you know i think what 20 uh in a game is what the record or what the you know i think roger clemens had 20 i think Kerry woods had 20 maybe uh, you can throw some other guys. A very few amount of guys have done what Spencer Strider's done by striking out nine in the first three innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, pretty good stuff. In case you're wondering, what twenty-seven is the is the minimum uh, that you would face in a game? So uh, you know, there's no way he's going to do that. But um, to strike out nine in three, and again, when he goes out on the mound, he's very intimidating. Uh, he's got that big mustache and you know, he, he doesn't look like a very big guy, and then he throws it 102 miles an hour, and you're like, wow, uh, this guy's, you know, good. And then he comes with that off-speed pitch and makes it even better. You know, that's what Nolan Ryan was. You know, Nolan Ryan was a guy that was going to throw it 100 miles an hour, and then he was going to come with that curveball, and that was even more dangerous because then you were really coming out of your shoes. Mm-hmm. Awesome, definitely. Um, so, uh, Friday night, the Braves pitch Charlie Morton, and I think he's back. 
that was two runs, but yeah, he pitched seven innings. I think he could have gone eight, nine. He was yeah, I, he could have. Yeah, you know what I liked was the fact that he minimized pitches in each inning. I think he got as high as eighteen in one inning, mm-hmm. and then he was throwing that you know third, twelve, thirteen, fourteen uh, inning uh, pitches and. And and that's what you like, and that's what's going to get you seven innings. And I was glad they sent him back out there for the seventh, and especially because the Braves are in the midst of, what, 21 games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone in that neighborhood in the bullpen really needed the rest, especially since the night before they had thrown so many people. And, it, you know, the one thing, and I'll, I'll just kind of a side note to that, you know, Dylan Lee seems to get to be the guy that's thrust into the situation to pitch one out, and then he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to figure out a way to keep Dylan Lee in the game a little bit longer because he's a guy that can go two innings for you. On the, I believe it was Thursday night, he pitched a, a, a third of an inning. Uh, so you kind of waste a guy like Dylan Lee when you don't uh, let him stay in there enough when he can go a little bit longer. So, But Charlie Morton, I think you're right. You know, we talked about it earlier in the year how he was, uh, you know, he was recovering from that broken leg that he got in the – um, in the playoffs, and mm. lo and behold, you know, you mess up your stride that way, I think, and I think that's maybe why you were seeing some of the, the um, inaccurate pitches that he was throwing in the first of the year. I think Charlie Morton's warming up, and I think he's getting hot, and it's just taking him, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 games to, to get hot, and I think, boy, he is, uh, he is definitely warming up. He should have had back-to-back wins, uh, but they just weren't able to, to get – wins for him uh so you know if you you look at his record he's now five and three but mm-hmm. you look at that era how it's moving down the list mm-hmm. you know it's it, it was at almost six a game now it's at 4.35 and it's going to come down even more because he only allowed two runs um in uh, the game on friday night so uh, it, it's you know he's just getting warm and that's good and he's looking more like the charlie morton uh of of old Charlie Morton of the last four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really good because that's another veteran presence that you can throw in there for a guy like Kyle Wright or a guy like Ian Anderson who needs just a little bit more uh, of, of someone saying, hey, you're pitching well. Just go out there and keep throwing the ball. So, And it's, it's good that the offense helped him out too. You know, they scored a run in the first. They scored five in the second, uh, which was great. But the, the good thing about it was – you know, usually when something like that happens and you spend a long time in the in the inning, in the dugout, waiting to go out there and pitch, you usually struggle in that next inning. And he came out just throwing strikes and got through the third and the fourth, you know, after they had those long innings. And, and um, you know, get, came out there, I believe, with 91 pitches in the seventh. Uh, ended up, I think, with maybe one oh should have probably been around 100, 101, but maybe 104, somewhere in that neighborhood. And and uh, that, that was a good thing. It'd be interesting to see if he got up to about 95 or 96 going into the – finishing the seventh, if he would have gone back out there for the eighth. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he wouldn't have gone back out there for the eighth. With the, um, with the lead that the Braves had, I, I was hoping he'd go out there for the eighth. Yeah, I, I was doing – especially with the bullpen needing a little bit of rest uh, because of how many guys went Thursday night and how many they've used previously and – uh, you know, you need those guys, especially with that 21 games in a row that they're playing, and especially with the Mets coming up. You know, what I'd like to see uh, on on Sunday is uh, another uh, long game coming up from, you know, say Ian Anderson who pitches on Sunday. 
mm-hmm. just to give that bullpen rest. Only used two guys last night, which is good. And, and in case you're wondering, for guys that go seven innings and you're playing nine, you only need to use two guys after that. Right. Um, I thought they might go back out with Colin McHugh uh, since he didn't throw a huge amount of pitches in that eighth inning, maybe go out there for the ninth. But they had the big rain delay, which you guys are getting a whole lot more rain than what we're getting. Uh, although we got rain last night as well. But, uh, you know, with another rain delay, they, you know, you can't send McHugh back out there. You got to get somebody else warming up. So uh, Jackson Stevens finished it off. But but 12 to 2, and, you know, Michael Harris, 4 for 4 on the night. Uh, I think he scored, uh, I think he scored 12 times. I'm not sure. It seemed <laughs> like every time, every time he was scoring, uh, wherever it was. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, everybody got in the hit parade, um, but Eddie Rosario. Uh, but, um, you know, Eddie did a lot more things defensively as well. So, uh, and he even scored a run. So getting on base, uh, on a fielder's choice, which should have been a hit. But, um, anyway, good game. You know, we keep it going, keep the line moving because Mondays, uh, you know, and hopefully the Marlins can, uh, pick up a couple of wins over the Mets and, and we can, we can get even closer than, uh, two and a half games where we're at, but we are inching closer to the Mets. And uh, I know that they got to be feeling the pressure as well. Now, the way Jim and Joe were describing the rain, it just come out of nowhere. Did you see that? Yeah, it did. I wasn't expecting any of it. As a matter of fact, I thought, well, we're just going to cruise on through. And then all of a sudden, the skies opened up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't open up. I mean, it just like somebody turned a water faucet on and it just came down. And, and it even looked like the uh, grounds crew was struggling. Just yeah, to it sounded like they were surprised. Yeah, they sounded like they were struggling. And, and it's funny, though, because if this would have been the night that you wanted to be on the grounds crew uh, because it uh, it has been hot, you know, hot, 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 and it's raining. And you're like, ooh, this feels good. So you don't mind staying out there. But mm-hmm. it's funny watching those guys work. That's an art uh, oh. of getting the tarp out on the field, uh, doing everything. But it looked to me like they were very surprised with the rain that came. Uh, because it didn't look like I'm not saying they're they're always prepared, uh, mm-hmm. but there are times when you just get caught off guard and you're like, oh no, it's raining and we got to go. Um, so you know, it's not like they're watching the radar. And you know, we've had that we've had that here in in Kentucky. We've had these little pop up showers, and uh, it even occurred um, last night in the middle of the night. Um, and so and we've even got some on on Saturday morning. But um, it, you know, it just came out of nowhere, and that those are hard to to keep up with and the grounds crew did a great job and got it out there and they end up finishing the game. Now I'll go ahead and admit to the fans that I was like, all right, the Braves are up 10 to two. It's <laughs> raining. I got to get, I got to get up at four thirty in the morning to go work out. So yep. I'm well, ahead. yeah, well, it's funny because I was still, I was still up, but I started watching the Dodgers. I started watching the Dodgers game mm-hmm. um, against the Cubs. And uh, just because that was another game going on on the West Coast, and I thought, you know, I'd see this would be a good game. And it turned out to be a good game. The Dodgers ended up coming back to win. But I started watching that one. And then whenever my app told me that the game had resumed, the game was over. Oh, I'm really? Serious. Yeah, I got an app. That I, got a, I, got a, um, I, I got a signal from ESPN that telling me that the Nationals and the Braves had resumed. And I'm telling you, it wasn't one minute later, game over. And I'm like, how did that happen? You know, because they went on to score a couple more runs after they went, 
you know, out of the rain delay. And I'm like, right. somebody's laid on the button there to push. So, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was thinking, I, what I really thought was, I don't even know why they even went back out. Uh, I mean, what's why not call this game? It's not like the Nationals are going to come back and win the game. Okay. No. And they got another game to play. And, and, you know, they're playing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's not like the Nationals are going to come back and win the game. Why do, why do we keep playing it? And, you know, probably the fans have left anyway to begin with. I know a lot of them scattered. You should have seen that one. That was fun, too, watching all the fans scatter because of the, uh, you know, big-time rain that they were getting. Uh, they were headed out fast. So it's not like there were going to be a huge amount of people coming back. Mm-hmm. And they would gotten their money's worth anyway. They'd gotten almost eight innings of a game. So Right. Uh, but they came back out. So that's what I really thought. I didn't think they'd come back out. And then I just didn't, you know, then all of a sudden it tells me they're playing again. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to flip it back over there. And then the game's over. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I won't watch the rest of it then. How about that? <laughs> so, well, but the other, 12-2, good win. The other night I, I listened to the app and I listened to the radio broadcast. So I listened to the rain delay, the rain delay show and I, I kept listening to that. So I knew when to turn, when, when it was going. Yeah, those are, um, in my career as a radio broadcaster, I have not had a huge amount of games, rain delay games, and doing football. You know, there's not going to be any rain delay games in basketball, although you get the occasional uh, player that's hurt. Uh, so you have to feel or you get, or you get, uh, you know, in, in old racer arena um, here in Murray, uh, there, uh, there were instances where it would rain really hard and all mm-hmm. of a sudden uh, rain would come up through the floor um, or come in the door through the, and, and, and it kind of floods, so you'd have to stop everything. Oh, wow. So I've been through some of those. Um, I think that one, one of one um, football game that I can remember, it was kind of a little tournament, uh, a little, um, they called it a bowl, a bowl game. It was called the Pella Bowl. Uh, and it was right at the start of the season. So mm-hmm. if you know anything about Kentucky weather, it's kind of like Georgia weather, I guess. When it's the dog days of summer, it's hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's humid. Uh, you know, like I've said, you know, we've had four straight days of 100 plus and what feels like 110 degrees. And and so we started a football game uh, one night uh, thinking that we were going to get out there and play. Well, the heat index was was, you know, it, there was no way we were getting out there to play. Mm-hmm. I think we did an hour and a half of of talk and we didn't play. Uh, we didn't get started. We were an hour and a half late, and we <laughs> stayed on the air. Uh, and and so you know those those kind of things are fun. And and for 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 guys like uh, my partner and I, Hack, that work together, we usually don't have anything planned. Like our pregame show is an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know if you don't if you think you're going to be uh, kickoff's going to be at normal time, and all of a sudden something happens, well, you can't really change course. Right. You know, we have we have interviews that usually last about 30 minutes, 30, 35, 40 minutes. So, you know, we've got a little bit of time there to figure something out. So, uh, you know, I'd love to see what they c- talk about during rain delays. Um, you know, TV will go to something that they've, you know, taped over the uh, off season. Um, and and uh, so it's fun listening to the radio guys to see what they do, uh, because those guys are definitely impromptu. Uh, they can't go to too many things uh, on the radio that like TV guys would be able to do. So. Wasn't there a gym that the roof leaked one time during the game up there, sir? Uh, there all, yeah, there always is. Yeah, there's somewhere. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird 
you know, some of those gyms you go to, a lot of them have been renovated, uh, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they don't look like the dark, dungy gyms that you used to go into. And I could point out some of those places that we used to go that used to look very terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but many of those places have been renovated. But, yeah, roof leaks, um, you know, water coming in up the floor. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, there's some – and that's just high school, high school stuff. Stuff you don't get all that expensive money that you know colleges get to be able to renovate things. So it's very rare that uh, a high school gym gets renovated, but it has happened. But uh, yeah, strange things. Strange you, things. I think it was two thousand. Okay, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. The S- yeah. the SEC men's basketball tournament was at the Georgia Dome, right? Uh-huh. And tornado. Yeah. Hit. So. The tornado yeah. uh, put a uh, something hit the roof and it caused a leak in the roof, and during the basketball tournament, so they had to move the the SEC basketball tournament to Texas or Georgia Tech. So yes. Georgia won the SEC tournament on Tech's floor. <laughs> Talk about ironic, which ironic, is ironic. yeah, well, yeah. That's there's a lot of irony there. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, we definitely had our fair share of of um, you know strange things happen to where you have to. You know, you have to what we call rain delay theaters. What we call it, um, <laughs> with but, you two, uh, it is theater. It is theater. You know, now that I'm talking about it, we're probably going to have one or two of those games this upcoming year that we're going to have to just absolutely talk about nothing, basically, which is what we usually talk about anyway. But um, you know, we're going to have those. Now that I've talked about it, it's going to happen probably this year. But but we have, you know, it, it, you know, usually in football games, you play in rain. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But when it's coming a downpour and there's lightning and, you know, any anytime there's lightning uh, that's in the area, they're going to make you uh, wait uh, 30 minutes after right. the last lightning strike. Uh, and so we've had that happen before. Uh, as a matter of fact, when uh, it's funny because when uh, uh, Steve Duncan was around, our, one of our football coaches many, many years ago, his first year there, this team was really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so – we had a game um, one Friday night, and it came a flood. It was against Ballard, and we were just really, quote, struggling. And um, Ballard it Memorial rained. Or Ballard? Yeah, Ballard Memorial, yes. Um, and it came a flood. I mean, it just really just came a flood. We'd already, I think we'd already played Mayfield. Uh, so, um, and, and it, no, wait, no, we didn't play Mayfield that year. Uh, it had already it, – it was just coming a huge flood, and, and we stopped the game. And we ended up finishing it on Sunday, and we came out Sunday, and we looked like an NFL team playing on Sunday. And we won – I think we, we ended up winning like 10 games that year in a mm-hmm. row um, and, and had a regular season winning streak going uh, for uh, about a year and a half. So it's, it's just interesting how you come back out and play after a rain delay mm-hmm. um, and, and sometimes can change a season around because you either win the game – that you weren't supposed to or something like that. So, but, but of course, Friday night's game, there's no way the nationals are coming back. You know, we're going to throw everybody in the kitchen sink against them if we need to. And Mm -hmm. we were scoring runs left and right. So, you know, you, you hope that we save some of those runs for Saturday night and Sunday. Now, wasn't there a rain delay that the Braves come back a couple of years ago and it sparked the rest of the season comeback? Yeah. You know, (laughs) you know, the funny thing, was that um, fireworks changes the game? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I, one of the games that I can remember growing up, 
Um, I don't know. There, there's been stories. I read a story about this. Um, I, well, I was reading it during the game last night. It was it was one of those July 4th games, I believe, where mm-hmm. they were playing the Mets, and it lasted um, it, it lasted until 4 in the morning. Oh, yeah, the, um, the Rick Kemp game? The Rick Kemp game, absolutely. Camp, yeah. uh, one of those where they should never have finished that game because I think <laughs> they had another – they had a – you know, they had another another game to play that day, that next day, and it lasted not a record, I think, but no. it still lasted a long, long time. And and Rick Camp hits the home run uh, that you know the the Mets could have finished it off maybe in sixteen or seventeen innings or something. And Rick Camp, the last guy maybe on the list, uh, you know, hits a home run, a, a guy who is uh, you know a, a, a old fifty hitter or something comes up and hits a home run. So that was a heck of a game, by the way. I, I remember watching a little bit of that game when I was when I was growing up. But, but yeah, that was one rain delay game that I can remember, too. I know this wasn't a rain delay, but do you remember the 19-inning game of the Pirates where Julio Lugo scored and he shouldn't have scored? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lugo, that guy who, uh, you know, has been with many, many teams. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, um, you – you find great games when they go into rain delays or, yeah. or find great games that go into extra innings and, and they win. Of course, the extra innings that you're talking about, they don't put the guy on second base. No, not that. Uh, so not, that, not, not that like guy. they do now. They want to finish the game, you know, before. Uh, I think the longest game that I've ever been to, uh, extra innings, I believe I was at Yankees. I was at old Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um uh, not old Yankee Stadium that that you know you go back in the 30s. Okay, mm-hmm. so don't think I'm that old, but I am old. <laughs> I was, but I was at old, yeah, I was at old Yankee Stadium, and I believe it was the the Angels, and uh, they were in town. And this was uh, I'm talking about. This is probably mid 90s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was old timers day too, by the way. So a lot of old timers were there, which was great. Nice. Uh, that was uh, no, actually, it was mid two thousands. I'm sorry, uh, I gotta remember when it was. Um, and it was a seventeen inning game, I think. That's what it nice. went. Uh, so you almost got two games out of it. But uh, what an atmosphere at Old Yankee Stadium, by the way. So and especially with it being Old Timers Day, because uh, mm-hmm. they had an Old Timers game, uh, which was even better. So you get there early and you get to see, you know, some of those. Uh, Yankee greats that you know you grew up with watching or hating, whichever one you want to, <laughs> whichever one you want to say. So, yeah. Do the Braves do anything like that now? Uh, they have. Um, I, I think I saw this. They're going to have uh, maybe a home run contest between the the uh, the old guys mm-hmm. uh, coming up alumni weekend, which I believe is maybe the end of this month is alumni weekend because they're inducting. Um, they're inducting Joe Torre and Leo Mazzoni and somebody else. I can think of somebody else into the Braves Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't, you know, they haven't been able to do it the last few years because of COVID. And so that's what they're, they're doing. And I believe they're having a home run contest between the old, old timers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it, it was fun to watch those guys out there and play, uh, play in the games. And of course you still had some of the younger guys that had just retired. Uh, you know, they were out there, but it was, it was good to see, uh, those guys out there uh, having a good time and and uh, you know alumni weekend would be fun because they do a parade there in the battery mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of the guys that that are back uh, and and to have the Hall of Fame induction you know Joe Torre Leo Mazzoni probably should have been there a long time ago just because of the pitching that, with his pitching coach that 
he was, you know, able to maneuver those Braves teams uh, through the, the early to mid to late 90s right. with the great pitching staff that he had. So uh, I hope they give him a rocking chair because that's what he did in the dugout was he would rock back and forth. Yeah, you know, you have Bobby Cox just kind of sitting there and then you have Leo over there rocking his way back and forth, you know, and so I hope they give him one of those. But uh, a couple of Braves greats there that uh, are going to get in the Hall of Fame. Definitely. So before we speak to you guys again on Tuesday night or Tuesday morning sometime, um, the Braves will play three games. Tonight they'll play against the Nationals. Kyle Wright will go uh, against yep. Patrick Corbin. Now, yep. Corbin used to be good. Uh, he he doesn't impress me much anymore. Yeah, no, not much anymore, but let's not – let's. Um, Let's hold. Let's be reserved a little bit, just to make sure we can at least win the game. Yeah, sure. he he um he he was on the fast track um, to uh, you know he was part of that uh, if I recall part of that pitching staff uh, that really dominated the Braves uh, mid uh, 2015, 16, 17, somewhere around there. They were talking about that last night, um, and you know part of that Scherzer, uh, Strasburg, Corbin, uh, mm-hmm. and then whoever else they plugged in. That was really, really good, uh, and and so he's really struggled. But then the, again, the Nationals have really struggled. But then right. again, he could be a guy that could be on the trading block. You need a pitcher. You need a fourth starter, fifth starter, whatever. He could, he might could be that guy. So um, you know, I think his struggles kind of culminated with the uh, national struggles. Yeah. And but but yeah, he's four and ten on the year with five point six eight ERA. Um, and, you know, the, of course, the way the Braves have been hitting, uh, it, you know, he's he's got to be thinking, uh oh. Uh, but again, as a pitcher, you go out there and pitch. It doesn't matter. So he's thinking that he can go out there and tame the Braves. And and uh, the Braves are thinking, no, you're not. No. Nope. <laughs> um, Kyle Wright goes for his 10th win, which he should have got the Monday. But, you know. yes. Yeah, yet uh, he will join, um, you know, Gonsolin and somebody else. I think with ten wins, if he can do it, he would have joined them the other night, uh, but uh, not able to to go back in after that rain delay that they had uh, with the uh, Cardinals. But um, yeah, you know, Kyle Wright going again, and and he's nine and four with a two point nine one ERA. So hopefully he can contain this Nationals order because. You know, this Nationals lineup is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Soto with a, a shot last night. And, uh, you know, Juan Soto, the guy that, you know, the Nationals could sign back for $100 billion or whatever, and, and they really not have a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's all that conundrum of, of Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. You know, you sign those guys, but yet you can't sign anybody else around because you're paying so much to this guy. Right. So, um, anyway, but Juan Soto, a good player too, and and it's a it's a good lineup. They just they they just haven't played well this year. You know, they come in uh, under five hundred, definitely under five hundred. They're nowhere near the thirty and fifty six, so they're nowhere near um, you know having a chance to win the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've got three, four other teams in front of them that are pretty good. Um, speaking of Tony Gonsolin, what do you think of his cleats? <laughs> You know, Tony Gonsolin, I never – doesn't look like a major league pitcher, and that may be why he's he's having a great year anyway to begin with, you know. So, definitely, I don't know. Um, strange. <laughs> so. Okay, okay. 
if you were to design, I know this is really random. And I'm sorry, guys, but I, I gotta figure this out. If you were to design your own cleats, like he has the cat cleats, like yeah, what would yeah. You, how would your what would your cleats look like? Um, gosh, they probably would just be. I'm just kind of plain. That's the way I am. If you haven't figured that out by now, so they probably um, they probably I like uh, the color blue. Uh, okay. So I would probably say they would be some sort of blue color, um, blue and white, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, that's probably me. Uh, that's what I would go. I wouldn't go. I, I'm just not flashy. I don't. I don't do flashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I'm more old school. That's not like what people are today. Um, you know, I'm not going to be like Ronald and get out and wear a gold chain or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do have a gold chain that my son had been wearing, but. Um, it, it broke. So I've had it a long time, but, uh, I don't wear the gold chain or do anything like that. So just not very flashy. I did have a sports car growing up, but that's, you know, nice. I, I don't even have that anymore cause I can't get in and out of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm too old for that. Uh, I, I'd have to learn how to roll out of it and then that would hurt too. So, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, my, that's probably just be, um, you know, blue. I remember when shoes started getting designed with, with uh, everything except white. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was um, back in the, uh, let's see, it was back in the 80s when Rick Patino became coach of the, of the Wildcats and they came mm-hmm. out with a, a blue and white uh, shoe Jordan, basically a Jordan shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I had to have those. Nice. Uh, and I, needless to say, uh, shoes cost a lot of money back then too. And I got some, I paid for it, but I got some and they were blue and white. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a lot of blue, they had white, you know, they were just, it, it was really kind of neat. And that was one of the first shoes I remember just actually wanting that were different than just a plain old white with the, maybe the Nike blue stripe or the, the swoosh on it or whatever. So, yeah. See, I don't want to be flashy, but I'd have to like, you know, I'd have to have a horse on one shoe and then a bulldog on the other. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I honestly, uh, and, and again, I mean this in no disrespect, but when you're talking about the Braves and me growing up, Chief Nakahoma was always the guy that, that you know, was the, the mascot. Mm-hmm. I might have him on one side and Blooper on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to offend anybody, and I'm sure that would probably offend somebody. Uh, so, um that's that would be me. That'd be about the biggest style that I could put out there. The best style I could put out there, maybe. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You you know why my choices are the way they are. Yeah, I know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, sure. I could put a I could put a racer, a horse on there, and and uh, I could put a tiger on there. There we go. And uh, some other things, but uh, I'm 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 a little more plain. Uh, than than what you might think. So, but uh, I w- I would just go with maybe a color or two. With all the teams that I pull for, I think my shoes would get. Uh, yeah, you would get. Um, yeah, th- it would get a little busy on your shoes. Because yeah. I mean, I'd have to pull for everybody in Region One. I have to pull for Murray State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's okay. I mean. Um, you would have a good story to tell about each and everything on your shoes. Exactly. Yeah. So when they're Um, doing rain delay, when they're doing rain delay theater, uh, they could really talk about your shoes. Yeah. And they would have a lot to talk about. Rain delay show and be like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Kyle Wright goes for Wednesday night 
And then on Sunday, Max Reed, well, you know what he does. He well, I see an a- actually Ian Anderson on oh, sorry. Sunday. I'm, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ian yeah, Anderson. no, you're okay. Monday is, is uh, Max. Yeah, Ian Anderson goes on Sunday um, and um, – Seven and five with a five point oh nine ERA uh, coming up on uh, Sunday. So I, I want to, as much like I said before with with Ian Anderson, you know, back to back bad games. I need to see back to back good games. Maybe back to back to back to back to back good games mm-hmm. uh, would be nice. And uh, it's time for Ian to get warmed up a little bit himself, um, and and you know, for his own psyche, uh, go out and 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 pitch and. And if this team could go out and score him some runs early, I think that would certainly help. Uh, but I need to see Ian Anderson go uh, long into the game, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the sixth or whether it's the seventh, because, again, you need that bullpen as much as you can. So uh, it's a pretty free-swinging uh, Nationals lineup. So, um, you know, you should be able to, to use all your pitches. But I, I need to see – what I need to see Ian Anderson do is establish more first pitch strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to me like he likes to throw that off speed pitch uh, on the first strike. I need to see more first pitch strikes come from Ian Anderson. Uh, and I think that's get ahead of the hitters. That way you can throw those pitches, but get ahead of the hitters. Number one on my list for Sunday. Well, if, I, I feel like if he pitches like he did this past Tuesday, then he will. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We Look, we need that guy in that fourth spot. Uh, you know, it's it's Max Freed. It's Kyle Wright. Charlie Morton. It's Kyle Wright. Uh, you know, Spencer Strider is going to be guy number five. Um, you know, we need that Ian Anderson uh, to be that fourth guy uh, mm-hmm. so that, at least for his own sake, when we go into the playoffs, we're not going to probably have Spencer Strider uh, being able to pitch because – he's going to have innings limitations. So he's going to be probably moved back into the bullpen. So we need that guy like Ian Anderson to, to step up and, and get going so he can be that fourth guy when it comes time for the playoffs. Right, definitely. And then on Monday, the Mets come to town, and Max Free is pitching, so you know what that means. Max yes, Free. we well, you know, and Snitch set this up very effectively. I don't know if he meant to do it that way, but – uh, he certainly has set this up very effectively to where it is Max Freed leading it off, Charlie Morton going on Tuesday, and Spencer Strider, uh, or excuse me, Kyle Wright going on on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday. So, yeah, that certainly has uh, set it up to be very good coming up for the Mets. You want to throw everybody that you got, every good good one that you got, and that's certainly a a, a threesome there that'll be uh, pretty good. Definitely. Um, let's see. That's about all I've got. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. It's it's um it's been a good week, and and hopefully this weekend will uh, be good as well, and uh, we'll get started with the match, and let's see what Tuesday brings to us when we get back together to talk about where we are uh, as far as the uh, top spot in the um, in the division goes. Awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate – we really appreciate y'all, you know, checking out the show, listening to us, uh, liking, subscribing on all uh, listening platforms. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Braves. I'm on the Twitters at The Blind Donkey Runner. And the wise old school Jeremy Bell's still on Facebook. I still am. That's me. I'm old. Still there on the old Facebook. 
Awesome. <laughs> well, again, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Braves. Go Braves. Nope.